Hi there, I'm Tom D'Antoni. Welcome to OMN's Coffee Shop Conversations at Catfish Lose. That's right, Catfish Lose, a blues and soul club at 2460 Northwest 24th, winner of the last two Muddy Awards for Best Venue. Today, Sarah Tiedemann is here. She's the artistic director of Third Angle New Music, which has been astounding Portland audiences for decades with what we used to call the avant-garde. I don't really know what they call it now, but she's going to let us in on what next season is all about. That'll be her second full season as artistic director. She's a native Oregonian and a flutist who also plays with the Oregon Ballet Theater Orchestra. So let's meet Sarah Tiedemann. Welcome to Catfish Lose. Thank you. Sarah, I appreciate nice, you having me. Nice to see you and nice to have you here. And I always, I don't know what I like better, doing these with somebody I do know or doing this with something I don't know because uh-huh. they're both they're, they're equally as interesting because you have you have a history with somebody or you don't have a history with somebody. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so, um, so this. Uh, oh, I got I got one thing I have to find out. Sure. And I, and it it bothers me, and I don't I don't know whether I'm justified in being bothered when I hear somebody say flautist. Yes, um, I too am bothered. I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so glad to hear that. Um, it's it's more of a European thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know where everybody here got the idea that that's the way to say it. Um, I know. It's, it's not. It's not wrong. Um, and sure it's kind it of, it's well, <laughs> <laughs> flutist is the more appropriate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but also it's one of those things that comes up over and over again, yeah. but people look yeah. so tickled that they, you know, quote unquote, know that it's flautist. <laughs> and then I don't want to hurt their feelings, <laughs> but flutist is definitely the preferred option. <laughs> Good. Yes. <laughs> so if that's what you've been saying, you're yeah, totally yeah, yeah, doing yeah, it right. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the, is this your second season? Yes. Well, kind of. I was um, interim artistic director just at the very end of, huh. um, would that be 17, 18? And mm-hmm. then did it all year this year. Wow. Mm-hmm. How has it been for you? Good. Um, I got the crash course this, the past spring when yeah. I first started. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was nice to kind of start at the beginning of the season and see the whole thing through and to have a hand in the programming um, that happened for that year. Uh-huh. Um, I think two of the six concerts had already been programmed when I came on board. Uh-huh. Um, but the uh-huh. rest of them came from me. So it's been nice taking everything um, through the process from conception to actually becoming a, a performance people see and, and especially hearing people's feedback afterwards. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Whether they like it or not. Well, that's why we do these things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, especially if it's good feedback. Well, kind of. <laughs> yes. I would be lying if I didn't say I enjoy the good feedback. Yeah. Um, but I also think in contemporary music in particular, you're probably doing it wrong if everyone likes every show. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, if you look back at what is now commonplace, um, you know, Stravinsky, 
that right. made quite a ruckus back right. in the day. So I you wonder. Ever, yeah. Ever, ever read that book? It's a, it's a collection of nothing but bad reviews of great, great uh, works of art. No, but that sounds fantastic <laughs> and like a really good thing to read on my darker days. <laughs> so I will have to check that out. I mean, all of the great masters, the, the great composers, just, just the worst reviews saying, you know. I, matter of fact, I just read, I just read a piece about 2001. Mm-hmm. And and what terrible reviews it got when it when it first opened. Oh really? Oh, people hated it. Oh, people. And there's actually I'm, I'm playing a a, a a a tune. I'm doing uh, Friday. I'm I'm doing the rare jazz for uh, on uh, for lunch on KMHD. I do I do a show on Friday nights. But and and I'm I'm doing a, an hour of fusion, mm-hmm. which people hated. <laughs> You know, and and there's one piece by um, Miles Davis from On the Corner, and that was reviled. That album was reviled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now, of course, it's a classic. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I really wonder, you know, as I was seeing the season go by, yeah. I thought, okay, well, a few people have told me they don't like some things, which is fine. But I wonder, you know, 40 years from now, yeah. which of these things will be just commonplace or played a lot or right. you know right. even just more um in line with common taste huh. you know well what did you come up with what do you what, what do you think out of, out of out of these you know i i sort of don't want to know until oh. <laughs> we get there um because i think if if i had too good a sense of that it might affect how i'm programming instead of uh-huh. I, I like to go into it with more of an exploratory sense yeah um yeah we did one show this year habitat that um consisted of of soundscapes largely created live um uh-huh. so Brandon coward and lauren chassie are two wonderful composers and sound artists um and they had all kinds of i guess sections segments uh-huh. set up all over the room and um, it was such a quiet, intimate performance with them, you know, rustling leaves and <laughs> pouring water. Um, and that was one that people loved or hated. But um, I think a lot loved it. We had this um, really positive response, uh, especially one of the nights with we were going to have a Q&A and people just kind of flooded the stage area wanting to touch things and make the sounds themselves and having a really tactile experience. Um, and you know, I don't know, I don't know if that's going to be commonplace in 40 years, but if I was thinking about it that way, I don't know if that's something I would program on the other hand. Uh, It was magical. I I understand. I had a a friend who was a performance artist and he did this performance in which he was, he sat in a wheelchair, Uh which he was not, didn't have to sit in a wheelchair. And he had a, blank pistol and he was supposed to go pointing at the audience click pointing at, at his, his his head click pointing at the audience bang and that's how he oh had my God. it right right <laughs> unfortunately he went pointing at the audience click pointing at his head bang oh and no it, yeah yeah and and he, he 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 fell to the floor and he was bleeding oh my god <laughs> and people thought it was part of the performance <laughs> This is hor- this is a horrifying story. It's, but it's, but it, well, I mean, people came up and like taste it to, to see if it was real blood. It was yeah 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 yeah. You you see something and you just want to get in there yeah, and, and experience yeah. and, it. And he's the, he was the kind of person who might have done that. Uh-huh. <laughs> but that he complicates didn't, things. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so you still got one more. Uh, now, is the rooftop thing part of last year or, or next year? Or is it somewhere um, in the middle? Yeah, it's somewhere in the middle. So theoretically, we think of it as um, closing our season. Uh-huh. Um, but it's also sort of a preview of next season. Uh-huh. So um, and if you're familiar with porch music that we've done in past years, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of porch music 2.0. But now the porches are the roofs of buildings in yeah. the Pearl District. Yeah. Um, so we'll have uh, five different rooto- rooftops in our little little shindig at the end Mm -hmm. um and each rooftop will have one to two third angle performers um giving little sneak peeks of what's to come next season Ah. Um, and also it's a good chance we have a few new players um it's an opportunity for audience members to kind of get to know them because it's a more um familiar kind of performance where they're interacting Mm -hmm. yeah and the audience goes from roof to roof yeah so every group has a tour guide Uh um and they'll go around to the different locations and they'll be in each spot you know 10 to 15 minutes um which is just long enough to hear a short piece and get to know the performer and then get to see a new space. So it's really fun. I looked at the, at, at, at the website and you have not revealed the locations. Correct. Well, <laughs> I think probably the rooftop owners appreciate that we don't do that. Um, we don't want anybody just showing up yeah. un- uninvited or unannounced. Um, so people um, let us know they're coming, sign uh-huh. up with us, um, and then we release all of that information uh, after the fact so uh, we're not putting people's addresses uh, uh, up on the Internet. <laughs> was was you, the chairman of your board uh, instrumental in, in, in getting these rooftops? Um one of them, yes. Yeah. Um, we have some really great um, patrons who are yeah. happy to participate. Um, we'll also be at um, another nonprofit's rooftop. I think uh, I'll. Okay. I'm not sure how much I'm supposed to say, all but right. they're all very lovely locations. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we we did a, a story on David Machado when he was uh, 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 with with the jazz festival. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. He's wonderful. Um, he just actually won a big national award. Um, for being such a wonderful supporter of the arts here in uh-huh. Portland. Uh-huh. Um, so he'll go to New York in, I think it's October, to accept that. Uh-huh. But we're so fortunate to have him on our board. He's just a wonderful community member yeah. and a wonderful human. Yeah. Um, and he he has owns Tanner Creek, right? He owns uh, he, Tanner Creek, um, Nel Centro, right. and Altabira yeah. Yeah. up in Northeast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. And also, he's really good to talk to about the Blazers. So <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate having him there. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. yeah. Interesting guy. Yeah, absolutely. Very interesting guy. Uh, and what a patron, I mean, of the yeah. arts. I mean, he's just been so, he was real important with the jazz festival when, 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 uh, during his time there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And we, um, Dave and our executive director, Lisa Volley, and I all uh-huh. attended the Biggers Festival in Knoxville, Tennessee at the uh-huh. end of March. Yeah. Um, so it was really fun to go around that festival with them and get to see, I mean, that's a place where you have four acts going on at the same time in different locations all day every day for um uh-huh. an extended weekend uh-huh. um and you're you're going to something for 15 minutes and then darting over to another thing because you don't want to miss it yeah. so it was wonderful to have that experience um of going to these things and hearing what the two of them thought about it because uh-huh. we work so closely yeah. um but we all have our different 
roles within the organization. Mm-hmm. To, so to be able to share that musical experience was really cool. And we actually had another board member and his his wife who have been heavily involved with Third Angle who were there too. So it was uh-huh. like a little little new music party where we all got to compare notes. Ah, great. Well, before we get to the new season, mm-hmm. um, there are some people who don't know exactly what Third Angle is. Uh-huh. Uh, and it is so many things, <laughs> yes. you know. Yes. I mean, it's. Yes. Um, I mean, for, for for forever and ever and ever, it was Ron Blessinger's thing. Mm-hmm. And he's, uh, I, you know, we I always uh, now Ron and I talk about baseball. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, and, and so when you stepped in, I mean, those are those were uh, he'd been there for since the beginning. Yeah, was, Ron's was been it there daunting? Um, well, I had actually played with the group for, I want to say, seven years uh-huh. prior um, and worked with Ron a good deal. He and I actually went to the same schools in the same order. So we both went to undergrad <laughs> at Oberlin. We both went to graduate school at New England Conservatory. Um, we both grew up in Oregon. So we have a lot in common um, and also a lot that, that of musical tastes that are different sometimes, too. Uh-huh. Um, absolutely. Ron... Ron's legacy will live on at Third Angle forever. I mean, he really right. elevated the group. Um, I, I think he was artistic director for 17 years. Yeah. Um, and we're really excited for him with his new project at 45th Parallel Universe. Um, yeah. It seems like um, something like that can really reinvigorate you creatively. Yeah. So um, yeah. that's great. And yes, it's, it's always daunting to step into a new position. Um, I really love contemporary music Mm -hmm. and you know i'm constantly thinking about it anyway so um now i'm just getting to to do something (laughs) with all of those (laughs) thoughts um and i'm having a great time and and honestly the the organization is so solid um and everyone involved is so good within their roles that it's been fairly smooth of a transition yeah what was it like presenting your first set of ideas to, to, to whoever you have to present them to. Yeah. Well, it was interesting how it all unfolded. I Since I was in an in- interim position yeah. um, at the end of the season, I, I was applying for the permanent artistic director job yeah. um, while the season was finishing and then over the summer. And part of the application was to propose a season. And I had just programmed... <laughs> <laughs> the season so um i came up with two new things to come up uh to replace the two that i hadn't programmed uh-huh. um but yeah it's this weird position to be in where you're doing something and you're also trying to keep doing it um it wasn't your first audition it was not my first i've taken many an audition <laughs> many an audition actually auditions are not my favorite things i would much rather do an Does interview anybody like auditions they no, shouldn't they're no. horrible yeah. <laughs> they're horrible um so yeah, They're worse if you don't get the gig. The, oh, I mean, <laughs> even if you do get the gig, it's nice when they tell you you got the gig, but right. it's still horrible up until then. So yeah, auditions yeah. are my favorite. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, the the actual process of programming has been fun. Um, I've had a lot of ideas buzzing around in my head, and mm-hmm. I worked um, at Third Angle for. I want to say about a year as um, communications coordinator in the past. And mm-hmm. Ron was really good about um, fielding ideas. So um, 
I don't know if you remember our Going Dutch show a few years ago, mm-hmm. um, but there are, there are photos still circulating because I played the tree. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> those are certainly still on our website. Oh, I've seen that. Yes, the, seen that. the infamous tree. So um, if you look on the thirdangle.org, you'll you'll see some photos of me with white gloves um, playing a large tree, tree or shrub, depending on how okay. you look at it. Um, uh, and what, on what a sort table. of sounds does one get from a tree? You know, if you put contact <laughs> mics in it, which is what we did, and then you pluck it, you get some interesting sounds. Um, so that that was a quirky piece that was fun and also has, has you know, um, worked magic tenfold just from the photography. Yeah. <laughs> the result well, that's one of the things about Third Angle is that it's one of the few serious music organizations that has a sense of humor. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, we we say we like to be anything but ordinary. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, we try to um, program and perform uh, with a sense of context. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we do a lot of site-specific productions. Our concert series, we're in different venues all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're playing Finnish music in a library um, that was designed by Alvar Aalto, uh-huh. who's a famous Finnish contemporary architect. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, we're we're already doing kind of outside the box things, but but within the context of trying to be relevant to our society, you know, things get heavy, and you have to have a sense sense of humor about them, yeah. especially right now. Um, right. And also, you know, you're not reflecting the current world unless you're having the different sides of its personality and and of the humans who are living within it so um yeah and and i want to go have fun at a concert you know right (laughs) so yeah we definitely try to have some levity yeah yeah um so well let's let's talk a little bit about the the next the next yeah yeah absolutely um so we have we have some surprises coming up that we haven't announced yet, um, and I can't <laughs> say what they are, but um, there's something still to be announced at the Rooftops uh-huh. um, performances. So uh, that's another good reason to come to that. <laughs> um, the parts that we have announced, uh, our concert series consists of three large-scale performances, um, like I mentioned, those are site-specific. So uh, we're going to open our season in September mm-hmm. with a performance called In Wildness um, that is focused on uh, climate change and specifically what's happening in the Arctic with um, the melting of the ice caps. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the pieces on it that people will probably be most familiar with is Crumb's Voice of the Whale, mm-hmm. um, which is for uh, flute, cello, and piano, all masked performers. And um, you'll be playing? I'll be playing that one. That's wow. one of my f- absolute favorite pieces. Yeah. Um, it's beautiful and has all those crumb qualities. But has what, an, what is the role of the flute in that piece? Um, at the beginning, so each section is named after an era, uh-huh. and I can't remember which era. It's Mesozoic or whatever, right. pri- primordial ooze, whatever, yes. <laughs> whatever the first era <laughs> is. Um, the flutist is uh, playing pitches but also singing into the flute in unison, wow. and you get this kind of... Um, uh, phase wave interference Mm -hmm. um that makes a very um peculiar and um otherworldly sound um that really it sounds like the beginning of time um 
it's it's magical and strange and glorious um and you know there's a section at the end of the piece that sounds mm-hmm. almost like Mahler or something. It's just really? beautiful wow. and tonal huh. and uh-huh. um, romantic. Huh. Um, so maybe not what someone would expect. Yeah. Um, so that piece I'm very, very excited about. Um, uh-huh. We have another work uh, that um, includes recordings of the sound of Arctic wolves. Um, so I think that will be a highlight for yeah, sure yeah. Um, and works about glaciers and mm-hmm. you know rising sea levels um, and we're doing that at the Vestas building which Vestas is a wind turbine company right, so right. that's how that site specific well, that's interesting. yeah do they um, have an auditorium or, or, um, or some large space it's similar to the way if you've been in Wyden Kennedy they yeah. have kind of the, the risers yeah. with the sunken yeah, stage yeah, yeah. Um, huh. yes and they have these it's kind of an atrium with beautiful high ceilings that's, a, that's so. in the pearl yeah, yeah, it yeah. used to be, I think, the Myron Frank yeah, headquarters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so right over in the Pearl. Um, and our our second concert series show of the season, it's it's fun because we're in Catfish Lose right now. There's kind yeah. of a similar vibe where we're doing that at the Jack London Review. Oh, yeah. Um, so for that, I wanted to um, kind of play with the boundaries of genre. Uh-huh. Um, so we'll have some Steve Reich happening. It's uh-huh. it's. Um, called Back in the Groove, the the concert. So there will be some Reich. There will be a work by Eve Beglarian, who Third Angle's uh-huh. been lucky to work with a bunch. Um, Jacob, or probably pronounced Jakob TV. Yeah. Um, there's a piece called Lipstick. Um, and one of my favorite contemporary works um, by Lee Hyla um, called We Speak Etruscan for yeah. um, Barry Sachs and bass clarinet. So it'll be a flute. Various saxophones played by one guy, um, and then uh, clarinet and bass clarinet. At the same time, um, some were playing together, some no, were I separate. Mean, what guy playing saxophones? Oh, um, not one out of each side of his mouth. Maybe that's for next season. I did see Ross on Rolling Kirk many times, <laughs> where he would do two saxophones and a flute and a, and a, and a, and a flute coming out of his nose. Nose flute? Yes, yes. I right. have. I have seen some nose flute videos. <laughs> yeah. I have not tried that yet myself. <laughs> There's still time in life. Um, so yeah, that'll be fun because you know our our board president is really yeah. into jazz yeah. um, and now, the jazz did community. You, did, did, do you pick those pieces? I do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and uh. you know sometimes a performer will come to me and say, "I really love this piece. Would this fit within a season?" Um, or I'll um, ask somebody to play a show, and they'll mm-hmm. say, "Hey, this piece would fit really well with yeah. the theme." Um, and I, I love that. I'm I'm very open to that. Yeah. So. Um, there are a couple pieces like that on the season. Such power you have. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I don't. <laughs> it is definitely a fun opportunity. I yeah. will. I will tell you that. Yeah. 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 Um, that's funny. I'll have to. I'll have to make sure I mention that next time we have a, a work meeting. Um, I don't know how much that would be appreciated, but. Um, yeah, so those two shows will be really exciting, mm-hmm. and then the third concert series performance of the year is. Um, a really big project just mm-hmm. in general and specifically for third angle. Yeah. Um, we've commissioned Daryl Grant, uh-huh. local legend, Daryl oh, yeah. Grant, mm-hmm. um, to write a chamber opera called sanctuaries, uh-huh. um, that will deal with, um, gentrification and redlining in uh-huh. the Albina neighborhood here in oh, Portland. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it's really focused on, um, for characters, um, vocalists speaking about their own experiences. Uh So it's a a storytelling kind of opera. Uh Um, And it'll have a mix of um, players 
who are known for jazz and then regular third ankle cast members mm-hmm. um and uh Anise Mojgani, who's a, a local, um, is the two-time National Slam Poetry Champion. He's writing the libretto. So, wow. yeah, we're we're blending all kinds of worlds with this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we were so lucky to have uh, to receive a grant from the Oregon Community Foundation, their Creative uh-huh. Heights uh-huh. Award. So, um, yeah, we expect this to be a huge community event. We're so excited and we're so honored to be and able to present it. Um, it's actually going to be at North Warehouse. So um, that's over in that neighborhood. Uh-huh. Um, we're trying to keep everything really authentic. Yeah. 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 What is North Warehouse? Um, it's <laughs> a warehouse. Yes. And it's north of <laughs> and something. And it's north. Yeah. Um, of something. Yeah. Of, yes. <laughs> on the north end of town. Uh-huh. It's not that far from the Rose Quarter. Uh-huh. Um, north of the Rose Quarter. Yeah. Uh, kind of up closer to where um, Widmer Brothers is, that kind of area. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And it's really a blank canvas. It's this cool warehouse space Uh um that has so much potential to be transformed in any way we see fit they do a lot of weddings and events there Mm -hmm. i think body box had a performance there Uh um so yeah and and the woman who runs it actually is really involved in um issues like gentrification as mm-hmm. they've related to Portland Public Schools. Mm-hmm. So um, we're glad to be able to partner with her as well in this. Will, will there be sets? There will be sets. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're working out the details, but it focuses on several, several different locations, you know, a uh-huh. church, a park, uh-huh. um, a home. So, um, yeah, we're figuring a lot of that out as we go. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah, there's a lot and of historical. Is that? that is in late April, April. of Oh, yes, 2020. Of next year, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I keep forgetting what year it is. I, it's, well, <laughs> it's May. You'd think I'd know by now. It doesn't but. matter. You know, <laughs> yeah. Whatever time it is right now, it's going to stay that way. There you go. You know? <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know either, <laughs> but it sounds good. Uh, that's my job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're from Hillsboro. I am from Hillsboro. One of the few people in, in, in Portland, Oregon who's who's from Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Born and raised. <laughs> born and raised. Um yeah, I went to Glencoe High School back in the day, yeah. um, and Hillsboro was quite a bit smaller back when I grew up there. Twenty five, the max. Twenty five. Yeah, I think my, I can't remember what year it was, but either my middle school or my high school band played at the opening of really? that final station near wow. the Hillsboro Courthouse. <laughs> um, Were yeah. you in the band? I was. I was wow. in the band. Flute. I, yeah, flute. And uh. then I was drum major of the marching band. Is that right? I was. Wow. <laughs> um, so yeah, Hillsboro well, was. Well, that's pretty, a leadership job. Yeah, it yeah. was. It was. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was. I actually, truth be told, I largely did it because I didn't want to play my flute in the rain, um, <laughs> which even at the time I knew was a bad idea. So um, I even ended up in the front. Oregonian. Even for an what Oregonian. A thing to say. Yeah, they flutes metal, Turn in your car. metal instruments and outside and <laughs> in, in November. It's not a good, not a good combination. But yeah, it's c- funny playing 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 instruments in the rain. I I, I moved here in '97. Yeah, and my second night here was the Starlight Parade. Uh huh. And I'm I was downtown and I'm watching the parade and it's cool, you know, it's goofy and it's you know fit right into what I thought you know my life was going to be like in Portland. Uh-huh. And it starts to rain really hard and they kept on marching. Oh and yeah. They kept on playing and I went. Wow, what a place to live. Yep. <laughs> That's how we do it here. That's yeah, how we yeah, do it here. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I I love this place. I mean, I came home actually for a summer break um uh-huh. and just 
I had been living in Sweden doing a postgraduate diploma, mm-hmm. and I just didn't leave. I just love it here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided um, to kind of carve out what I wanted yeah. of my life in the place that I love the most. Yeah. Um, I'm really glad I did. Yeah. I'm, I'm not as happy anywhere else in the world. Wow. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm really fortunate to have this position that I have now doing exactly what I want to be doing, yeah. exactly where I want to be. So yeah. um, I'm definitely not taking that for granted. And I also appreciate um, that in this position, I, I get to have a positive impact on the local music community, mm-hmm. which has grown a lot in the past few decades. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I see this as an opportunity to help um, local musicians, local artists in other um, categories of the arts, mm-hmm. local composers. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, the the first concert on our studio series, which is the more intimate series that yeah. we do um, in studio to at New Expressive Works over um, off Southeast Belmont, um, it features, it's called Homecomings, and it mm-hmm. features uh, local composers who either went away and came back or just went away and we're happy to be bringing them back for the Uh show. uh Um, And I think that's so important to kind of, when you have an opportunity to share it with the people around you. Um, So yeah, I just feel really fortunate to be able to, to give back to my community here. When did you get your first flute? Um, So I started playing the flute in fifth grade. Um, And at my elementary school, I was really right. lucky. Um, yeah. Hillsborough schools were great, and they had, um, they had music band programs. Yeah, yeah from yeah. fifth grade on up. Um, <clears throat> not orchestras, unfortunately, but band. Yeah. Um, so they they came in. They had a um, they did a little spiel, and then said, "Okay, go rent an instrument." And I went into the music store with my mother, and I said, "I would like a piccolo." Huh. Um, and the salesperson was kind enough to my mother to say probably she shouldn't start on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he whispered, that's extremely loud. Um, <laughs> and and he steered me toward the flute. So uh-huh. I started in, in fifth grade and I at one point thought, well, I'd like to play the clarinet. Maybe I should play the clarinet instead. I uh-huh. made it a week or a week and a half and thought, well, this thing squeaks a lot and I'm really bad at it. So I'm not going to uh-huh. do that. Uh-huh. And then... Um, during my, I want to say, seventh or eighth grade year, um, I dabbled in the oboe for a while and realized um, that wasn't... So I have really low blood pressure, and the back <sighs> pressure of it was making me feel like I was going to black out. So oboe wow. was not for wow. me either. Wow. Um, so you probably won't be playing a, a, a baritone sax anytime soon. You know what's <laughs> funny? That's That baritone sax and bagpipes yeah. are my favorite things. <laughs> They're on my bucket list to learn them. Probably not well at this point. Um, I just love the Barry Sax. So yeah, that, yeah. I'm, that was part of why I wanted to do this show at Jack London Review was because oh. there were some pieces for Barry Sax that I was just wow. dying to program. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Who's going to be playing? Do you know who's who's, who's going yeah. to be playing the Barry in, in those pieces? Um, Sean Fredenberg, who's an uh-huh. excellent saxophonist uh-huh. um, who teaches at Portland State University. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I've worked with him. He actually taught at a summer camp I used to run called yeah. Young Musicians and Artists yeah. that's down Nick at Willamette. Nick is one of my favorite baritone players. Oh, yeah, absolutely. From the quadraphones. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
we're lucky that Sean had acquainted himself previously with that Lehila piece I mentioned. Uh-huh. Um, it's very challenging. So um, uh-huh. I think he's going to be great at it. And he's going to be playing that with James Shields, who's the principal clarinetist in the Oregon Symphony, huh. Um, huh. who actually runs his own um, new music group. And uh-huh. they don't just do new music, uh-huh. but down in Albuquerque. Yeah. We have a, a saxophone player here in, in, in Portland, from originally from New Orleans, mm-hmm. who pl- was the Barry player in Fats Domino's band oh for my gosh. 20 years. I had no idea. Reggie Houston. Oh, man, we got to get him to the concert. Well, <laughs> you know, he, was, he doesn't play Barry anymore. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, the, he, he has amazing stories. Really? Oh, yeah. It's really funny. Um there was a uh, uh, in, the, in the song Blue Monday, one mm-hmm. of Fats Domino's biggest hits. There's a st- the, the, guy, the Barry player, I don't know, didn't show up for the Uh-oh. date. <laughs> and, and the Barry, and, and the Barry uh, solo had to be played by Herb Hardesty, one of the great tenor players, mm-hmm. you know, in, 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 you know in, in R&B history. And it was terrible. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> And from the, and the, then the then the song became this enormously enormous international hit. And from then on, whoever was the baritone player had to play it just like it was on the record. Oh no! Really bad. <laughs> oh no! So Reggie had to do that for twenty years. Play, you know, he he, should, he, should, he, he is. He, you know, it's much it's much harder to aspire to play something wrong yeah. after you've gotten good yeah. at something. You know, yeah. I'll I'll be teaching lessons, and one of my students will do something just funky, yeah. and you know, I like to demonstrate it correctly, uh-huh. and then like they're doing it, and yeah. then correctly again, so yeah. that they can hear uh-huh. what the difference is. And man, imitating doing it wrong <laughs> is really challenging. Yeah. It's really challenging. Yeah. So. Um, do you play anything else uh, besides flute and tree? <laughs> piccolo. Now I play piccolo, you do but, play piccolo but well. Oh. Um, so not like fifth grade. Um, yeah, I play in the Oregon Ballet Theater yeah. Orchestra. Yeah. Um, and I teach at Lewis and Clark and a little bit at PSU, um, mm-hmm. but just on flute and piccolo. You know, they make you take piano proficiency in college. Uh-huh. Um, I that was the only class in my life that I barely made it through alive. Really? Because it's really, if you just show up at college and haven't played the piano before, oh. um, that's a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's it for playing things relatively well. Uh-huh. Um, there was a time not long ago that I was um, taking voice lessons uh-huh. um, with Valerie Day uh-huh. here in Portland um, and was really into karaoke i mean really, really into karaoke oh, but and, and that w- has <laughs> what era tunes do you, do you uh, uh, are you in karaoke um well <laughs> come on <laughs> uh, i was i really i went through a guns and roses phase i absolutely did that was toward the end of my um you know i did a little of everything i i I wrapped some Tone Loke. That Did was you? never impressive. Wow. But Funky as, Cole Medina? Um, wild thing, wild mostly. Thing. Oh, but, yes, yes. you know, as the night gets yes. later and later <laughs> and your voice gets worse and worse, it's a good time to move on to Tone Loke. So, yeah, that was definitely on the list. That's fine. Um, and White Rabbit. Um, really? was one of my go-to. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, the opposite of what I do uh-huh. <laughs> the rest of the time. Um, how many, do you have a, do you, do you own a lot of a lot of flutes? Um, I have 
my really nice flute that uh-huh. I love. Um, I have a backup flute now, uh-huh. um, which I just acquired recently, which takes a lot of pressure off in case something bad happens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a piccolo, an alto flute, and a bass flute. Huh. So I have the full huh. the full huh. gamut. Huh. Is um, I, I, I did an interview once with Zoe Keating, mm-hmm. and. She was had to get a, a new um, cello because she had had the same cello since she was 12. Yeah. And she was a grown woman and internationally famous already. Mm-hmm. Was, and she went all over the world and she said it was like dating. Uh-huh. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Is that, is, that the, is that the same for flutes? Oh, yeah. Really? Well, um, with, with cello and with flutes, um, you know, once you hit a certain point, there there's such a um level of of personal craftsmanship uh-huh. of the person who's made it um and with my with my flute i wasn't as picky but i have a separate um head joint that i bought after the fact uh-huh. which is the part you blow into yeah. um and i went to the national flute association convention they have uh-huh. a really large um event hall where all of the um, flute dealers wow. and makers come and it's just a cacophony yeah. of people testing things and I think <laughs> I played every head joint in the building I was there for eight or nine hours wow. um, I found the one I could tell it was funny it was so loud in there but yeah. and I could barely hear myself but I just felt it when I played it um, it was just like my flute was um reverberating in my hands it felt amazing to play um so i purchased it and then i left as quickly as possible (laughs) it's just so loud in there yeah so loud yeah is there a monetta flute uh, flute makers you know monet um is such a it's kind of a different instrument than a lot of the other trumpet makers um I don't know if there's a flute brand that I would compare to that. You uh-huh. know, there are kind of two different um, categories that yeah. professional flutes go into. Uh-huh. Um, m- a lot of them are made in Boston, hmm. um, and a lot of them are made in Japan. Hmm. Um, and I am a member of, of Team Japan. Sorry, America. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I have a Japanese flute. Most of my students end up in Japanese flutes. Really? Um which is funny because one of my teachers um, played a flute from Boston. The other played a Japanese <laughs> flute. Um, but it's just, uh-huh. it's, I sound terrible if I play oh. on an American flute. Hey. It's just how it ended up. But I don't think there's one brand that's yeah. like the Monet of flutes. Okay. Yeah. Because, <laughs> well, the thing is, um, uh, it, 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 is it, is it, is, does it, different manufacturer make make the head than makes the rest of the flute yeah so i have my my head joint yeah it's complicated so my the body of my flute is japanese it's Uh a muramatsu Uh brand um and then my head joint is a lafan which is a swiss maker but he trained um brandon flutes which is in boston to make his lafan head joints so it's a boston lafan so it's really a Swiss head joint made in Boston. So <laughs> I have a very multicultural yeah. <laughs> instrument that I'm playing on. Because you know, a lot, a lot of trumpet players will, will just because they can't afford the Monet trumpet. Yeah. Because uh, who can? Uh, they'll, but they, they 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 can't afford the mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. Mouthpiece, which is also 
completely different from any other mouthpiece. Yeah, yeah. 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 Th- it's kind of that. My head joint is definitely fancy. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. a nice one. And yeah. a lot of flutists, you know, um, there are silver flutes and gold flutes with different numbers of carats. And then there are platinum flutes. And they can go anywhere from 10000 to, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000. Really? Um, some people swear gold flutes sound the best. Um, I love silver flutes, which is good for my budget. Uh-huh. Um, mine is silver, <laughs> and it just has a gold um, lip plate. Huh. So I kind of get the best of both worlds. Uh-huh. And also my pocketbook is pretty yeah. happy about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you play, you play every day? Oh, yeah. Do you? Yeah. Well, I play every day until I very intentionally take a break. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. At which point... I try not to think about it. Um, and usually that's just a few days while I go on vacation. Uh-huh. Um, or, you know, I do that sometimes when I have a little staycation. Um, I have my other hobbies that I like to do. And sometimes yeah. I just try to put my flute away and get some mental space from it for yeah. a while. Um, and then you have to pay attention to the cats. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I actually, it's what we were talking about cats before yeah. we before we turned the microphones on. Um, my husband and I have two cats, and we were actually on the um, Portland Catio tour last year. We were one of the featured catios, um, which is either really cool or really not, <laughs> depending on your, depending on how you feel about cats and catios. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, so we have a we have a fairly large structure in our backyard <laughs> to keep them outside but confined. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that I guess that was one of the hobbies building it. Um, but we also we have about a quarter acre lot and we have tons of fruit trees. Yeah, um, no nice. chickens, but um, <laughs> very into the gardening and uh-huh. and running. And it's good to kind of focusing focus in on yeah. those things sometimes. When you play. When you play, if you you play, are you, are you generally playing stuff that you're rehearsing or just something that you want that, um, you, want to, that you want to play? Yeah, so I have a warm up book. Um, uh-huh. I try to start every morning with that. Where did um, you get that? The warm up book. Yeah. Um, I ordered it oh, <laughs> um, a, by a British flutist. Yeah, um, it's it's a twenty eight day cycle. So people don't know that. You realize that nobody knows that there's a warm up. There, a, oh, there are so flute. many warm up books. Um, my warm up book that I like is the twenty eight day warm up book. Um, it sounds like a self help book, and I <laughs> guess it sort of is <laughs> in its way. Um, so it has four different categories: um, tone, fingers, articulation, and then kind of um, larger intervals to get mm-hmm. you to play smoothly. Mm-hmm. And there are seven exercises in each one um and you like the first week you do number one of each set Mm -hmm. on monday you do number two and then it staggers which ones go together Mm -hmm. in the rest of the week so by the end of the month you've played each one four times and you've played them in different groupings um so it really keeps you going through everything Mm -hmm. um but in an efficient way um so that you're getting to other things too because i always have you know it's any given week, I could have 30 to 100 and some pages of music that I'm working on at the same time. Wow. So that takes a while. <laughs> Do you practice the day of a performance? Um, I warm up. You warm up. Um, yeah. Even though I know it doesn't help, sometimes I cram. Um, <laughs> if I'm cramming or even just if I'm, I guess, playing through things in a more healthy way. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to do them more slowly the day I have to perform them just to uh-huh. um, have everything refined. But, you know, you can get into a vicious spiral of trying to do it fast and 
and you make a mistake and then it just goes horribly wrong um, right before you have to get on stage and do it. So oh, I geez. really try hard not to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, thank you so much for coming in. This has been delightful. Oh, and, thank and, you. Uh, can't wait to, for, for the new, new Third Angle season. And um, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. And uh, maybe I'll see you up on the roof. Yeah. Oh, I hope you'll be there. It's going to be a blast. All right. Thanks. Thank you.